Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com and Ringboost.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Ringboost.com has the largest selection of vanity and easy dial phone numbers in the country, including custom local and toll-free. Call 877-RING-BOOST or visit ringboost.com to get a number as unforgettable as you are. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on list of the best podcasts to listen to. This is uh, really because of the guests who join me to share their expertise with all of you in a variety of areas around business so that you can take the things that you need and you can leave the rest if you would like, uh, but really you get the information that you need so you can be more successful and happier and do greater things in your business. Today is no exception. Today my guest is Elise Oxier. Elise has over 25 years of professional selling experience, sales management, and entrepreneurial success. She began her career cold calling in Detroit selling for Xerox. After a couple of years there, she moved on to what is now Covidian and sold cutting-edge surgical instruments to surgeons. Elise stepped out of the corporate world for nine years to stay at home with her children and then successfully re-entered the workforce with Gray and & Company and became the national sales manager. She left there and purchased two sign fabrication businesses. She merged them and ran a very successful small business for over 10 years, selling it for a profit to an employee who she had hired when he was a high school student. After moving to Florida, Elise took action on her long-held dream of becoming a certified executive leadership and personal development coach, got her certification, and began her business. Four years later, she has a busy practice in Tampa with one-on-one clients, groups, and she runs masterminds. Elise also does sales consulting and speaking as well. Thanks so much for being with me today, Elise. Well, thank you, Diane. Glad to be here. I am so happy to have you. We're going to be talking about, uh, in a nutshell, uh, how we get in our own way. Uh, and I love this concept because <laughs> I think <laughs> everybody does in one way or another. Um, and, and so I, I want to start out with how does someone's, like their current perceptions, their attitudes, these habitual responses that they have, 
how do those do they help them grow their business? Do they hurt them grow their business and sell effectively? What what's really happening out there? Well, nothing like starting with a big fat question there, Diane. <laughs> Diving into the deep end. <laughs> All right, let's go. I think I think what I'm hearing you ask is if if people are coming forth in their businesses thinking about themselves primarily, how is that going to impact their success? That yeah. is that kind of it in yeah. a nutshell. Okay. Yeah. And. And I think this is probably one of the most important things that I have learned along the way is, although everywhere we go, there we are. So we think everything's always about us. It's actually so much more about the other people that you're interacting with. And when we feel like we have to be in the driver's seat all the time, for every conversation, for every negotiation, that we have to have all the answers, we have to be ready to jump in at a moment and take control. I feel like we, we definitely get in our own way and we put blinders on and fail to see all the other opportunities that might be around if we just got into curiosity mode. Gosh, I am, I, I'm sitting here nodding you know, actively, because mm -hmm. I so, that is so true. It is absolutely, I think people don't realize that other people don't want to hear them talk. And <laughs> <laughs> so guess what, folks, people don't. But also that um, I find that, that what I end up saying to leadership, you know, people in leadership is being a leader doesn't mean you have all the answers. Being a leader means you know how to convene the resources to get the answers. It's a big difference. There's a huge difference. And I, I coach a lot of young people. I, I coach in the business school here at, at University of Tampa. And I, I tell these young people, all your life, success has been sit in the front row and be the first one with your hand in the air. Ooh, 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 I know the answer. And this has conditioned you to think that this is the right way to go forth into the business world. And guess what? It's not. The questions that you ask are far more powerful than being always ready to have the answer because we can walk into any library in the world right now, sit down and start reading, and we won't even get through that one library. There is so much information out here that there's no possible way that we can know it all. So how do we combat that? We ask deeper, better, more intuitive, more inquisitive questions. Absolutely. That's so interesting. I never thought about that because you're right. We're always, it's first chair. It's mm -hmm. you know, competing. To, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. So we do, we get conditioned to think that's how we're going to get ahead by being the, first one to raise their hand. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That that's really interesting. So when 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 people are thinking about trying something new, some of them find that um exhilarating and and think, mm -hmm. boy, I just can't wait to do it. But but other people I think 
have like an internal dialogue that keeps them from doing it. So can you talk a little about those internal messages and, you know, why they're there, what we, because then I'm going to ask you to talk about how we get rid of them. So just so you know, if you want to throw those two together, go right ahead. Okay. I think that people are afraid of looking weak. They're afraid of looking uh, like a beginner. They're afraid of looking unsure. And part of this is biologically based that when we um, have been evolving, part of our brains, the primitive part of our brains tries to protect us from situations that the brain is responding to in ways of thinking danger. And when our palms start sweating, our hearts start beating, and the racing pulse, our brain views that as danger and wants to shut this down right now. And unfortunately, our brains can't tell the difference between being chased by a wild animal and being in front of a room giving a, a speech because uh -huh. it's the same response. And if we stop there and say, wow, this is so uncomfortable, I, I can't do this. This must be wrong because it feels so uncomfortable. We never get beyond that evolutionary response by taking what we now have as more evolved people, and which is choice and overlaying on top of those natural responses of fear when doing something new, saying, I'm choosing to do this. I'm expanding my horizons. It's okay if I'm not good at this. I'm beginning. I'm so excited about trying something new. And if we can frame it up that way inside of it, and I often say to my clients, wear every new experience like a loose garment. Just drape it around your shoulders. You don't have to wear like a straight jacket. <laughs> it's not that it's not that scary. Just put it on and go forth and give it a whirl because it's in the action steps and the doing that the real success in the trenches happens. Yeah. I, I suppose you don't succeed if you don't actually step forward and, and start doing something. But how does someone increase their confidence? Is, is it just by, by doing that, just by giving it a try? I think we need to redefine our relationship with failure. Oh. Failure is a, a part of life. And if we go through life thinking, I must avoid any situation where I can possibly fail, then life will get smaller and smaller, and we will get narrower and narrower. If we redefine what it means to, to fail, and we also take a look at all of the successful things that we did, even if we didn't get the outcome that we wanted, say, for example, if some of your listeners are trying to get better at selling, selling is a multifaceted, complex art form that people can always get better at. 
And the only way to get better at it is to get out there and make sales calls. We all know, anyone who's ever made one sales call knows that this can be very uncomfortable. So if we can get out there and challenge ourselves to try a sales call, then go back in the car or wherever you're going to regroup, what did I do well? What, what words did I use that seemed to work? What am I not going to do next time? Was my body language good? Okay, great. Now I'm going to the next one. Again, reevaluate. Don't forget to say all the things that we've done well to encourage ourselves, that self-talk that we're giving ourselves. Maybe I'm going days and I'm not making a sale, and it can be discouraging. But if I keep telling myself I'm doing better and I'm getting more traction, I'm getting in front of more decision makers, my verbiage is clear, I'm going after, I'm, I'm doing the call to action, I'm asking for the business, surely I'm going to be successful. Then it doesn't matter so much that I have technically been failing for the last several days if that's how I want to see it. Does that make sense? Oh, my gosh, it so does. And one of the things that I – there's a couple things I really like about it. One is that, that you start with the positives of what did I do well because that's affirming. And also mm-hmm. that you get – I guess we get to choose what dialogue we have with ourselves. Yes. That is – again, that's one of the most important things I have personally learned is my ability to self-soothe when I feel uncomfortable and to monitor my internal dialogue. Everybody has these gremlins that are showing up, and a lot of us walk around with gremlins of, I'm just not good enough in some fashion or form. And that gremlin can feel very debilitating if we don't find some way to either lock it out in the cold, (laughs) knock it down to size, confront it head on and say, you know, why are you still, why are you still following me around? You know, I'm so much more successful now. I'm kind of teasing here, but the point is we have to come to grips with these internal messages that can get rolling and interrupt those messages and say, how true is that today? I really am doing better. I'm not a failure. Right. I am improving. Yeah. And it really does mean breaking it down, not looking at the ultimate outcome, but looking at the steps that you're taking. Because it, it is um, uh, something that you have to hone. It's something that you do have to practice. It's something that you have to figure out as you go along. And as you said, review, take a look at what's working, what isn't working. It's all growth. It is. And it's all the steps. It is all in the steps, as you say. And, you know, I've looked at your work and I love the way you go over how you opening a, a call or a conversation with a, a suspect or a prospect. How are you moving the dialogue forward? How are you doing discovery to really get interested in what other people might want? How are your closes? How are you following up? How are you nurturing that relationship? And each part of those is a, is a step 
that deserves a lot of attention and care because exactly. so many people, yeah, so many people just, uh, we've all been to a networking event where there's some guy standing at the door just thrusting his card into your hand. And I think, dude, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to call you now right. that you shoved your card at me. <laughs> this guy needs a lot of help with a lot of steps. Right. <laughs> Nobody likes that. Nobody wants to be sold, but almost everybody wants to buy. Right. And if we understand how we can help people in their desire to buy and not get into the ick factor of, of pushing something on someone, then we're really on our way to becoming professionals. Absolutely. And it goes back to what you uh, were talking about at the beginning about stop thinking about yourself. Because yes. that, that's why people do it, right? Because they are so focused on themselves and they really need to be genuinely focused and interested in other people. It makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. People, I think sometimes people who are more insecure come to a, a meeting and they think, I need to tell you all about how great I am. So somehow that will compel you into doing business with me. And really, there's nothing further from the truth. We sit across the table from someone who comes to us in a sales call or even on an interview, and all they do is talk about themselves. It becomes very boring and disengaging. Right. But if somebody shows up like an investigative reporter, and starts their questions with who, what, where, when, and why, it's yeah. a whole different tone. You know, who's, who are your clients, Diane? Why, why are they important to you? How are you serving them? What could I do for you that would help you elevate your business? All of that has to do with you and nothing about me. Right. Right. But it makes the listener so much more apt to be engaged yeah. and answering questions and really spending time and thinking, this person's interested in my business. Right. And in me and in my success. And in me. And the things that yes. I need. Right. It's so true. And I agree with you. I do think it's an insecurity. I also think they're being trained that way. I think there are people out there telling them, Go, you know, go out there and get in front of people and make sure they know who you are and make sure they know what you do. And, and the more people you meet, I mean, I've heard people say it, you should be meeting everyone in the room. And I think to myself, <laughs> well, unless you're the speaker, I don't really think, okay. <laughs> wow, okay. And maybe if there's two people in the room, but this is just, crazy making but they they don't know any better because they aren't salespeople and or weren't salespeople before and so they listen to this yes. stuff and they go and they just it it's so much more harmful to their growth in the long term yes. right because it's hard to recapture that i i totally agree i i think of things that are so cringeworthy like abc always be closing yeah and i know people <laughs> Are being taught this still, and I yeah. and that that is crazy making to I me know. because it's 
so offensive to be on the other end of people who have, after two sentences, start closing you. It's, yeah. it's obnoxious. And I also cringe when I hear people say things like, oh, he or she is a natural-born salesperson. They've got the gift of gab. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that is so harmful to most yeah. salespeople. The gift of listening is yeah. what you want. Yes. The gift of yeah. listening. It's and out. going I, Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and the the person, the mythical person that you were speaking of, that go out and meet everybody in the room and collect their cards and blah blah blah. Why? What is so now we can hammer them online and put them on a on a newsletter that they don't even want? Exactly. It's <laughs> it's, it's so much better to spend a few minutes and really have some meaningful dialogue with a couple of people in the room and right. see if they are prospects that you can then follow up with them and deepen the relationship, see if there's a possibility of doing business. Yeah, this whole churn and burn type of selling gives salespeople a very bad name. It really does. And one of the things that I try and explain to companies is it's giving your company a bad name because those people are coming in and they're not staying with you. They're coming in, they're, you know, it's scorched earth and then they're leaving yes. and going someplace else. But the impression they are leaving with other people of you and your business is not great. And so and they don't care because they're gone. They, they've moved on. They're going to do it to somebody else. So that's right. Can't, yeah, you just you cannot have this kind of thing going on. And yet we do. I know. <laughs> okay. So 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 let's let's flip it around a little bit. Talk to me about how you know gaining that confidence and looking at things pos uh, positively and really does increase sales effectiveness because I think if if people can connect the dots, they're going to be more likely to try it. <sighs> How to build confidence. I think back to when I first started and even though I had had professional selling two solid weeks in Leesburg, Virginia with Xerox, I was just terrible at first. You know, Hi, I'm Elise from Xerox. Would you like to look at my copier? No, thanks. <laughs> bye. I mean, I was just awful. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm either going to have to improve or I'm going to have to find another job. Nice. And and building confidence is, I guess, cultivating the mindset of it's all about improvement. Improvement is the goal. Learning more, talking to other successful salespeople and business owners, and being willing to be wrong. Be willing to start small. Again, in this day and age, everybody seems to be an overnight success on social media. There's a lot of hard work that gets people to becoming a success. So don't don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Just get out and get in the game and be willing to take feedback doing some scary things, 
anyone who's ever done a video recorded role play knows how scary that is at first. And just looking at ourselves while we're trying to craft a sales call in front of a prospect is cringeworthy yeah. at first. But getting comfortable with that and really looking at, okay, what did I do there? How could I have done that better? Did I miss something? And little by little by little, the confidence comes from becoming more skilled and more professional and having better results. And I can't think of any shortcut way to getting confidence more than earning it. Here, here. I'm really glad that you said that. I think people... I think there's real value in embracing the idea that this is a process, this takes time, there are no shortcuts that are going to help you long-term grow and, and be successful for the long-term. You have to be willing to go through the paces. Yeah, consistently. Mm. <laughs> Let's put that in there. I. Yeah. I salespeople have a tendency to retreat when when the going gets tough. I've done it myself. Out there pounding the pavement, the phones, whatever I'm doing, work and work and working, rejection, rejection, rejection. And it's very easy to say, Well, I'm gonna stay in my office today and write a flyer. Or I'm going to sure. Write thank you notes. You know, I'm going to do some C priority activity because I'm afraid to stay in the game doing the A priority activities. I've, my yeah. feelings are bruised. I've gotten beat up and I'm going to retreat. This is the worst possible thing that you can do as a salesperson. It, it, give yourself an hour if you need to, <laughs> a mental health hour. <laughs> But staying on it consistently yeah. is what leads to sustainability, visibility, and endorsement. Yeah. It's this on-again, off-again business. It's so hard to regroup and retool and get back in the groove. Push yourself to stay on it. So that's why I say consistently. I think it's so yeah. important. I do, too. Thanks for, for adding that. I do, too. I think it's huge. All right, I have to take a quick sponsor break, and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com and Ringboost.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are The Inside Track by Peter Sage and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Did you pick your company name, logo, URL? Of course you did. So why did you let the phone company give you any old generic phone number? Phone calls convert to revenue at 10 to 15 times the rate of web forms. Memorable numbers are a unique, affordable, and long-lasting tool to maximize your marketing. 
Ringboost.com has the largest selection of vanity and easy dial phone numbers in the country, including custom local and toll free. Call 877 Ringboost or visit Ringboost.com to get a number as unforgettable as you are. Today we're speaking with Elise Oxier about how our thought patterns and habits are determining how we lead and ultimately our level of success. Elise, I we've been talking about getting out of our own way and sort of getting out of our own head, and I'm curious about, and this is something I, I am unfortunately curious about a lot, um, Basically, what I'm wondering is, why is it so hard for adults to change their behavior, even when they know there's a better way of doing things? I think comfort zones are called comfort zones because they're comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. (laughs) And we all like our comfort zones, even if they are not serving us well, they're comfortable. And we we go through life developing habits. And we we learn new things when we're children. And then we kind of check boxes by that. Okay, I've learned that, learned that, done that. I've got framework and orientation around that. And these habits help us to get through life. So we don't have to consciously make new decisions all the time. We know how to ride bicycles, drive cars, put makeup on, clothing, etc. When habits that we take out into the business world are not empowering us, but they're comfortable, that's when we get in our own way. And to take, take those habits kind of out of the closet, dust them off, and say, you know, who am I really being? here because who I am being determines what I am doing and what I am doing is going to determine the outcome I am getting. So if I spool that back to who am I being, what is the habit that I am bringing to this particular situation? We all develop stories around situations and thought patterns, whether they've been positive or negative in the past, is how we perceive them now. And so if we can come to terms with, I might need to change the story that I am telling myself around a certain set of circumstances and write a new story, then I'm going to change who I am being, which then will change what I do and the outcomes will change. This is not comfortable. It's difficult to overcome old habits and patterns because it's much easier for our brains to just keep swirling in the old patterns. It's easy. It's like a flywheel and it's just going along and no hitches in the system. When we start doing something different, now we're intruding on that orbit. And our brains don't like that. They want things to be easy. But when we understand that this is all part of the process, this feeling of discomfort and all new behavior 
is going to come out squeaky <laughs> at first. This is part and parcel of this. And to get to where I want to be, I have to walk through this. Then I'll think, okay, this is just part of it. Doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. This is part of changing a habit. But if we don't understand this whole process yeah. of how how we are orienting ourselves in a situation, bringing our past with us, how we've developed habits, and how those habits will take us to a certain spot, that again, we're back to steps. Each of these have steps where we can take these out, look at them and say, what if I changed one thing? What if I did one thing differently? What might happen? Being willing to, to fail, being willing to feel uncomfortable, being willing to not know the answers, everything we've been talking about for our time together comes into play right here, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. That's so interesting. So talk to me about the energy leadership index assessment and, and how it plays in, in all of this and our success. It's the energy leadership index assessment. It, it's a behavioral assessment. Every your your listeners have heard of DISC and uh, Myers-Briggs, different kinds of assessments, and most of those are personality assessments. And they're they're great. They can be tremendous insight on how we see the world, how we're predisposed to, and how we can interact with other people. Energy Leadership Index is exactly what we've just been talking about. What is my current perception of the world based on my thought patterns? If, for example, if I have pink glasses on, the world's going to look pink. If I take those pink glasses off and put on a pair of blue glasses, now the world's going to look blue. So the Energy Leadership Index helps us understand what, what glasses are we wearing. <laughs> and if we change them, particularly it measures how we respond to life situations when we're under stress. If we changed how we respond to stress, what would that mean for our leadership ability? Interesting. So, so it's it's um, so that sounds to me like it's you first set your compass where you are and say, okay, so this is where I am. This is what I do. This is how I react and respond and and whatnot. And this is therefore what my results are. But then it it sounds like there's an opportunity to see, okay, if I went down a different road it would lead to a different result? Yes. Yes. And without getting too obtuse and granular uh, into it, there are seven different levels of energy that are measured. And none of them are inherently good or bad. They all serve their purpose. But the lower levels of energy are more contracting, and uh, less empowering than the upper levels. And studies show that if we can manifest 
our ability to move ourselves into these upper levels of energy in life, we have more success financially as leaders interpersonally in our home lives, etc. So let me give you a quick example. Great. Say we're stuck in tra- we're stuck in traffic, okay. and we have somewhere to go. And our first thought is, "Oh, are you kidding me? Why is this happening to me? This this is terrible. This always happens to me when blah blah blah." Now we're in the poor me, woe is me. We we feel like a victim right. here, and when we feel like a victim. The core result or or outcome is going to be lethargy. Oh, I just don't feel engaged. That is considered for energy leadership index level one energy. And if this is our habitual reaction to stress, how much impact do you think we're going to have on our ability to get out of that stress? (laughs) Not much, right? Because we're we're sitting in the woe is me, I'm overwhelmed, I always lose, etc. Yeah. The level right above that is level two. So I'm back in my car, I'm still in this traffic jam, and I think this stinks. I'm not going to take this. There's got to be a way out of this. <laughs> Maybe I can put on my blinker and merge in front of that blue car because there looks like there's an opening. Et cetera. Now I'm more in conflict mode, right? Now, now I'm getting upset about my current set of cir- circumstances, and the core result is going to be defiance. I'm not going to take this. I, you know, I'm better than this. This is still not a hugely empowered energy for long-term growth, but it's better than sitting in woe is me our chances of getting some action have increased because we are much more energetically engaged. Is this making sense so far? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we want to move up from level two because this is a level of of conflict. If I'm going to war, if I'm going into combat, I want to drum up a whole bunch of level two energy. Conflict, defiance. I've got to get into this space. But when I come home and the war is over, I've got to step out of this or I'm not going to have a good life. Same thing. It's road rage. People people back in our traffic jam. So now I'm in this level two and I'm defiant. Well, what if I shift into a higher level and I start thinking things like, you know, I wonder if something's happening up ahead. Maybe somebody's had a a car accident. Maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's ducks crossing the road. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe I can kind of forgive this situation because maybe there's more to it. I don't know. I'm moving into level three, more of a, a feeling of cooperation, forgiveness. And up we go through the levels. Level four is one of, you know, maybe someone's hurt, compassion, concern, what can I do? Maybe I could get out of my car. I know CPR training. Maybe I could go up and provide some assistance. Now I'm in level five. What's the opportunity? And it all goes all the way up to a real Zen master level in level seven of feeling, you know, at one with the universe. And we all cycle through these levels of energy all day long. 
up and down, like, like the stock market lately, really volatile. The true power of this is understanding what's our predisposition to be in what energy levels, again, particularly under stress, and how might we actually borrow, intentionally choose in any given situation, wow, I'm in level one here, or I'm in level three. What if I wanted to be in level six? What would I have to do differently to get into another energetic level that would change the results? And once I understand that I have the power to do this at any moment of any day, I completely change my life. Wow, that is powerful. It's good stuff. No it's very kidding. powerful stuff because it's immediately actionable. Right. Once we understand that I do have a choice at any moment. And instead of thinking, oh, I just feel bad all the time, woe is me, this and that. Once we learn about energy leadership index, we think, oh, I'm in level one. Wow, no wonder I feel bad. <laughs> okay, okay, wow. That means I've got choices of these six other energy levels. Great. Which one do I want to do? It's, it's really empowering, and it gives people a tool to be able to, to activate their way out of, of a rut. Exactly. I love this choice. I, it's so empowering. It's so, um, for those of us who are A-type, you know, to be able to have some sort of control, because I think the ones think they have no control over Correct. anything. It's happening to them, right? But when Correct. we flip our mindset and go, okay, wait, how about if I choose to just look at it a little differently? You, you can feel it. And I can say, honestly, I've had this experience in my car because I used to have road rage. And now what mm-hmm. I do is I say, like, if someone's driving stupidly, I say, well, they must just not know how to drive or maybe mm-hmm. something else is going on with them. If there's a traffic jam, I usually say, wow, I'm so glad I left when I did because otherwise mm-hmm. I'd be not, right? I, I would be the reason that. So there, there is always another, and it totally changes physiologically how I feel. Yes. What you just demonstrated, Diane, is solid level three and level five thinking. <laughs> that, right. that cooperation, the rationalization, the forgiveness of, yeah. you know, something's going on up there. And good thing I left my house early. I saw opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and this becomes a language of its own. And you're right. Even scientists show us that energy vibrates at different levels in the universe and that we can tap into to low vibrating energy that does nothing to make us feel better or we can tap into a higher level of energy that we know makes us feel better we've all had the experience of you wake up in the morning you think it's going to be a great day i feel so good and you're whistling on your way out to work and things are going great people are nice you know, maybe you get a free lunch somewhere, but good things happen because you've tapped into that slipstream of positive energy. And yeah. the same thing conversely happens yeah. if we wake up and think life stinks. Right. Right. 
And we have a choice. And we have a choice. That's the best Always. Part. Yeah. Gosh, I so love this, Lisa. I am so glad that you joined me. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Will you uh, please let the listeners know how they can find you, what you've got going on that they should know about, please? My website is gulfcoastcoaching.com. That's G-U-L-F. I'm in Tampa, gulfcoastcoaching.com. And I have a couple of things going on. I run a intentional transformation for women program here in Tampa with another certified coach. And we have decided to take this to the virtual level to be able to offer it to women who are interested who don't live in Tampa. And that is coming up. We're starting our next one in April. And I would be delighted uh, to tell anyone who's interested more about how they can find out details on that. And I also do some sales consulting and uh, I have a mastermind group that I run for beginning entrepreneurs on the sales process, running your own business, how to handle employee issues, everything from soup to nuts. And there's a little bit more information on my website about that as well. And thank you for the opportunity. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. And that's so great because listen, you, you startups out there, you very young businesses out there, learn it the right way the first time. You know, mm-hmm. reach you'll out save yourself reach time. Seriously, <laughs> and aggravation and, and having yes. you know, to even experience some of these levels. I mean, th- th- you're, you've made the decision to do it. Bravo. Good for you. Wonderful. Really t- take advantage of the knowledge that is out there and, and learn some really good um, steps and processes and concepts. And you're right, you'll, you'll save yourself a bunch of grief. So, which is, mm-hmm. yeah. I often say we, we take people from being entrepreneurs to entrepreneurs. Oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> ah, that is really good. Wow. Well, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for tuning in and, and listening to uh, all of this wisdom. I also would like to thank our sponsor. Uh, if you would like a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, please go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up for that trial. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, Goodbye and good day. I'd like to thank my listeners and sponsors. If you'd like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Get your custom vanity phone number today by calling 877-RING-BOOST or visiting ringboost.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. 
Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.